0: Amen. Well, this morning, John and I are going to share some things, and this might not be your uh, stereotypical uh, teaching on a Sunday morning, uh, but that's fine. What we're doing isn't stereotypical in coming together, and so I've uh, gotten to know John just a little bit over the last couple of weeks, appreciate his heart, and uh, just so you know, you know, anytime you have two preachers up here, you're like, oh wait, this is, uh, the, the message is going to be twice as long. Um, don't worry, it's not. Uh, we've worked some things out, but uh, we might interrupt each other uh, on occasion as well. So John's going to start off uh, by sharing.
1: Yeah, I just want to start by saying that I, I really am so excited to be here. Um, I, I was just telling Dave, this, this just feels like a pleasure to be a part of, that God is just allowing us to, to participate in this. and And so I'm so grateful to be here. And and maybe some of you are are just kind of wondering how did we get here like what what all happened in order to to make this possible and um, and so we just kind of wanted to, to maybe give a little history to that um I don't know if that's me but um, so let I just want a quick little history to maybe to to how we ended up getting to this place and and I think for for Bethel, it kind of starts before I got here. Um, Bethel has trying to they they went through this thing called the Church Renewal Lab, which was trying to help them figure out what's really their vision, what's their goal, what do they want to do. And and it's not that they didn't have a goal. I think it just kind of helped them center on that and and focus on something. And and so one of the things they took away from that is is we want to be a, a community that. That gets beyond ourselves, a community that is missional, a community that is seeking to share the gospel message everywhere we go. And so they end up landing on this vision statement that we are uh, a community rooted in the love and the acceptance of Jesus Christ. Because we first can't do anything unless we receive what, what God has given us first. But as we are then receiving that, we're ignited by the Holy Spirit to be growing in and sharing our faith with Zealand and beyond and so that's kind of become this, this vision statement for us, this goal to 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 grow in our faith, but also to share it, to to move beyond these walls and into the, the community around us. And and so that's kind of where we were. And and then we found ourselves in a position of just saying, Okay, we have this vision. We just feel like we need some help getting there. We just need some help to to carry this out a little bit further, to to help us and energize us and encourage us to, to continue in through this vision. And so as a council, we we started to to pray and, and think about what, what are our options, what are the things that we could do in order to, to really move forward to help us get beyond our own walls, to help us and, and encourage us and energize us and and so what we, we we ended up landing on is this decision to actually reach out to, to some of the other local churches and just say, hey, do you have a family, maybe a family or two that that could come and join Bethel for a year, just to just to encourage us and energize us, just to to help us live into this vision. In order, kind of thinking about it as like, hey, can you send somebody who would come and be a missionary in Zealand with us and and so we started thinking about that and praying about that and we, we began to have some of those conversations and, and then one day Dave reached out to me and he just said, Hey, uh, I, I just have heard your name a little bit and I want to get to know you. Uh, and so he invited me to coffee. And so we went and we just chatted and got to know each other a little bit and, and at that conversation, he mentioned that restoration's time at the bridge was coming to an end, that that your lease was running up. And, and so he just asked me, he said, hey, if you, Bethel, ha- know of anything, know of any places where we could go, if you want to just let me know, that'd be great. Well, I didn't really think too much of it, but I shared that with some of our leaders. And after thinking about that a little bit, some of them said, well, what about here? What, could we open this space up to just invite them to come be in here? And, and as we talked about that a little bit more, we said, you know, if we're going to do that, we don't want it to just be like Bethel meeting at nine and restoration at 11, but how can we really bring these two together? How can we, can, how can we merge? I mean, we all worship the same God. We're all here for the same thing. Why can't we just come together in this? And so one of our leadership said, hey, we, we've been praying for a family or two. Maybe God is placing a whole church in our laps, right? Um, one of those things, sometimes be careful what you pray for. God might give you more than you want. And, uh, and so I think that's, that's kind of where, where we were at and just thinking about things. And, and so then I called Dave up and said, hey, Dave, I just want to run this past you. What, what do you think about this? And, I'll kind of let you share then from your side.
0: So John called me up, and I was actually just by Herman Miller down here on Main Avenue when I picked up the phone and we were talking. And um, I was on my way to Hudsonville and, uh, to get actually my wife's birthday present. And he shared with me what leadership here at Bethel had, was thinking. And I was quiet, and it took me a while. I was like, whoa, whoa what? This is This is different. This is not what I was expecting. I, I expected just to have coffee with him, get to know him, and then just say, "Hey, if you know of anything, you know, let us know." And uh, it was a wonderful time together. And then all of a sudden, this phone call, and I was blown away by two things: um, hu- the humility of John and the leadership here at Bethel to say, "Here, here it is. Here's, here's what we're sensing." But then also a shared passion and a shared desire to see the kingdom of God expand here in West Michigan. And that just blew me away. You know, For the last year or so, restoration has been it, been meeting. We started on December 6, 2020, with just a desire to come together to, to worship, to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be sent out to make disciples. It really was, it was Hebrews 10. It says, don't give up meeting together as some in the, are in the habit of doing, but come together and encourage one another and stir one another on towards love and good deeds. And so we met on December 6, 2020, and I actually have a picture of our first gathering up on the screen that you could see. And yes, if you're wondering, I'm wearing the same shirt there that I am now, so I'll just put that out there. But we, we met, and um, it was a wonderful time of worship, of praying for one another, of diving into First Peter and holding on to the hope that we have in Jesus, and we took communion together, and it was a wonderful time. But then I thought, like, God, what are you doing like, this is just one Sunday, you know, this is the, the beginning of something. God, what are you going to do in this body? And I can honestly say over the last year, God has done more than ever we could ever ask or imagine. And so we met on that Sunday, December 6, 2020. And then we met the next Sunday, and the Sunday after. And more people gathered, and we, we moved from that room into the gym, which is the next picture. And we gathered for worship. And there were just a, a bunch of people, hungry for the Lord. Now I laughed at this picture because there we were in their gym and uh, worshiping, and I chuckled because like all the people and we only had one TV up on the up there, and like no one could see that probably, and, and there was just like little things that, that that went wrong and and maybe continue to go wrong. And the thing that I love about this is is people were coming not looking for perfection but looking to encounter the perfect Savior Jesus in worship, and so things started to happen. And the thing that has blown me, away, blown me away over the last year has been just a couple things. We have seen powerful times of worship, powerful times where we have just come together just to seek the Lord and uh, seen, you know, spontaneous things happen. Um, where we thought we were going this direction, and then we go a different direction. I get uh, blamed for, if I'm leading worship, for singing a song that's not on the screen, and uh, people are like, oh, what's this? And, and my kids get mad because they're running the slides, and the, the words aren't up there. Uh, but just wonderful, spontaneous times of worship when we've seen the Lord move in power. But we've also seen just a powerful, a, a powerful a connection happen within the body. Because we know that the, the, the church isn't a building. The church is a community of people. The church is a body. And when we first started, we saw people linger for a long time. It was not common for, or it wasn't uncommon for people to stay until twelve thirty, one 1 o'clock in the afternoon after uh, we've had our worship gathering. And we realized with the gym there, kids could run around and so uh, parents could talk because their kids were, were uh, busy doing different things. And so there was a wonderful, beautiful connection that took place within people at Restoration. And it continued not just on a Sunday, uh, from Sunday to Sunday, but also throughout the week with a women's Bible study, with a men's Bible study, where there's connections, where people are, are hanging out throughout the week. And there's just been a wonderful time of connection. But then also what has happened is this, we've seen the power of prayer. As we've gathered together to seek the Lord, we've seen just uh, God answer uh, amazing uh, in amazing ways. One of my, my favorite picture is uh, this one up on the screen, actually. Um, yeah, this one, where we just gathered together around some people and just prayed. And prayed as we sent them off. And because and, to me, that is a beautiful description of who we are uh, as Restoration Church. Believe that God can move. Believe that God wants to, to move in power. Believe that we can expect God to not only just hear, but move on our behalf. And so it's been a tremendous year. And so in June, we moved into the bridge uh, with a desire to minister to this community, with to partner with Jed and the bridge uh, down there. And we worshiped there for six months. And it was a wonderful time. This past summer, we uh, had the opportunity to pray for people as we handed out food to them as they went through and gathered, got food uh, this summer. And it was a wonderful time. But then in November, like John said, our, our lease was coming to an end. And we were left with this decision. Okay, God, where do we go from here? Where are you sending us? What are you doing? And so we started calling places. Just calling like any place, any any empty building that I saw, I would call on. And others saw, they would call on. They were talking to different people. I heard that the roller rink in Holland was just opening up again, and, and it was uh, freshened up. And I thought, hey, maybe a church could meet in there. So I called the roller rink in Holland, and then maybe that's a spot. So every spot was like just a, a, an opportunity to see if God was sending us there. And we ended up with uh, a handful of options. But in our leadership team, there was a prayer that was starting. And the prayer was this, God, will you bring us alongside of a current church, a current body? Would you help us come alongside of a, a current body? But but as we were praying that, I'm like, God, how are you going to answer that prayer? Because how do you engage in those conversations? Do you go just cold calling on, on churches and just say, hey, can we just start worshiping here? I didn't know how to go about doing that. That's when I heard about John through Jed, heard that he was a good guy, heard that he was nice, you know, and so, okay, I'll just make a phone call. And then weeks went on and we got to this point where John was saying, hey, here, what about this? And it just blows me away as I I think about the story. Here, Restoration Church was praying, God, where are you sending us? Will you send us to to be alongside of somebody? And here, Bethel was, was praying, God, would you bring alongside people to encourage us and energize us. And I love that we're here today because we don't have all of the answers figured out. We don't have all of the the answers to the questions that we have. We have so many thoughts. What about this? What about that? There's so much up in the air. But what I love about all of you is a willingness just to take a step of faith and say, okay, where is this going to go? I remember meeting with John and and Jen Gruppen and, and Tyler and myself and then Dan DeHaan, who's up there in the corner. And Dan looked at me And in the midst of a conversation, he said, do you trust God? And I was like, yeah, I do. But it really hit right here. Like, do I trust God enough to not just say I trust God, but actually take a step of faith and see where this will go? And so we trust God. We trust what he's doing in here. But the thing that I I will say is while we have differences, you know, there's differences in any relationship. There are so many things that unite us. And there is one who unites us, and I want to uh, talk about that this morning just briefly. Look at Colossians 1. Colossians 1 says this. Paul is writing to a church that is in a culture that is devaluing Jesus. It is saying, that hey, Jesus just was a good teacher. He was you know, just a good person. He, they were devaluing Jesus. And Paul writes this, and he says, let me show you who Jesus really is. He says this, Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead so that in everything he might be preeminent. And steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all of creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. I mean, there's two things in there that I see that unites us. First of all, Paul says this, like Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. He is uh, the creator of all. For all things were created by him and for him. We see in Genesis 1 that God spoke and created, but we see in Colossians 1 how God created, that he created everything through Jesus. How he did that, I have no idea, but it says that he created all things through Jesus. But what was the purpose of creation? It was created for Jesus, to bring Jesus glory and honor. And so the thing that is is true about all of us in this room, we were created for one reason and one reason alone, and that's to bring glory and honor to Jesus. If you think about your life, you have to be wrestling with the question, who are you living for? Whose glory are you living for? In this world that is saturated with self, we are invited to actually live a different way, to live for the glory of Jesus. And in that, find so much life. And why are we invited to live for his glory? It's because of all that we've received. Colossians 1 makes it clear that without Christ, we were um, alienated. We were enemies of God. In Ephesians 2, it says that we were children of wrath, hostile towards God. But God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son Jesus for you and I, and he rescued us out of that and brought us into relationship with himself. And it's only through our faith in Jesus Christ that we are restored into relationship with God. And I love that picture. is because without Jesus, we are lost and hopeless. But with Jesus, we have more than just forgiveness, We have new life. We have restoration with the Father. We are, we can walk in relationship with the Father the way that we were created. And so Restoration Church and Bethel Church, as I look at all of you, I know that is your passion and your desire to live completely for the glory of Jesus. Why? Because you have been rescued by the blood of Jesus. And so I can stand up here today and boldly say that all of us in this room, we can look at Jesus and say, you know what? It's only in him that we have comfort in this life and in the next because our hope is firmly in him. And I love that because that is what unites us. Jesus is what unites us. Sure, there's other differences, but Jesus unites us. And I know we're also united in the mission that Jesus has for us.
1: We're here for the glory of God. We're here so that that it's not about Bethel Church. It's not about Restoration Church. Uh, one of the things that we've tried to emphasize throughout this whole process is this is for the kingdom of God. How, how can we see the kingdom of God grow and expand? How can we see more people come and bow before him and just proclaim him as Lord and Savior? And so the, the idea here is that we don't just take it in, but that we then take it in and then go out. That we move out into this place. You've probably heard this passage a thousand times. Uh, it's Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission. But this is what what Jesus says to us. He says that he says all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus is the one who has all authority. All of it belongs to him. All of this world was created through him and is for him. And so he has all authority. He ends that by then saying, And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. And so we go, going with Jesus, the one who has all authority, the one who is with us to the end of the age. But what do we go to do? We go, therefore go, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. This week I uh, I was having a discipleship conversation with Nicole and and we had a we had a great conversation about the, the difference between the light that is absorbed and light that is reflected. Right, that as we are in this space, my hope is that, that God, who is the light of the world, right, that He shines on us and that we feel the warmth of that just sinking into our bodies, that we, in our hearts, that we just, we know that He is there with us, right? He is warming us from the inside with all of His grace and compassion. But I hope that we're not just absorbing it. The gospel story for me does not end at absorbing it one of the ways that I, I sometimes think about the gospel is sin salvation service, right? That it does not end at salvation, right? That that we are all sinners broken who, who fail to live up to the standard that God has for us. We fail in our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. We fail on a daily, on an hourly, probably on a minute basis. We are always failing before God. And and really that the punishment that we deserve is death. That the wages of our sin is death. But but Christ, in all of his love for us, he humbled himself. He came down to earth. He, he became one of us. And then he, he even went to the cross on our behalf. Jesus went to the cross with you in mind. With me in mind. He went there and he said, I am paying for your sins. I am paying for all of your mistakes and failures. I am paying for you because I love you. And I want, you know, I just want this grace to, to overflow you, to, to feel that, that God in all of his love and compassion has saved you. But that's not the end we now, have we receive that, as we absorb that grace, are now called to reflect that, to reflect the light through the windows, through the doors, and in the community around us, so that God's name might be glorified, so that his kingdom might expand, so that more and more people might come to know him as their Lord and Savior. One of my all-time favorite verses, and people at Bethel are probably tired of hearing this, is Luke fifteen seven. It's it, it's a passage that comes at the end of the parable of the lost sheep. And, and Jesus says, he says, I tell you that there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. I love the image of this, right? That every time one sinner acknowledges Jesus as Lord and Savior, heaven celebrates, Right, all of the angels, they come together and they are saying, Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. Another one of our lost sheep have been found. Another one of our lost children have come home to the Father. I think that should be our celebration. That every time somebody comes to hear Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that we celebrate with them. We join heaven in that celebration. I think that should be our vision and our goal. I think there's no greater pleasure than to come around people and to see them come and know who Jesus Christ is. And so we come in this place together, united, unified by Jesus Christ, to absorb, to heal and, and feel all of God's grace come into us, but then to reflect to shine into the world around us, to be this compelling contrast to the world around us, that we are somebody different because we have experienced the grace of God. Dave and I have talked regularly here over the last few weeks, and, and one of the parts of our conversation is that we want to see this body grow. But we don't want it to see it grow just from people coming from other churches. We want to see it grow from people who do not have a church home. To come into this place, to to be welcomed into this space, to to see the kingdom of God grow through people who have never heard Jesus' name or through people who have maybe turned and, and now just are coming back again. And so that's my hope. That's my dream that Jesus can receive all of the glory, and that his kingdom might be expanding. And so today, we have the incredible privilege of coming together and showing that unity that we have with one another through the Lord's Supper. We get the privilege of coming and, and doing communion here together and and I think that this meal here is one that, that just shows us that we are united together because of the bread, or because of Jesus' body that is given for us, and because of his blood that is shed for us. We are all sinners, right? We. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your story is, what your history is. Doesn't matter where you come from in life, we are all the same in the sense that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But we are sinners saved, saved by Jesus Christ, and so we come together here to have and to to celebrate communion together because we are all united, unified, unified by what Christ has done for us on the cross. And so today it's not just Bethel Church, it's not just Restoration Church. but We are just pieces of the kingdom coming together to worship together. And so how this is going to look for us, to a few instructions, is that, uh, that some leadership from Bethel, some leadership from Restoration are going to come forward. We're going to have uh, people at this table, at this table. There's a spot in the, the balcony there as well. Um, and then we'll have a couple who are roaming, and so the roamers are going to act maybe as ushers a little bit as they move down this aisle. We invite you to come forward to come down and then to come back into your seats through the side aisles. But before we do that, I would just love to to pray for us real quickly. Dear God, Heavenly Father. Thank you for bringing us all together. It truly is a privilege to be in this space here together, to just, to just be surrounded by your grace. God, we are thankful for that. And so as we participate in this meal, may it remind us that we are all sinners who have been saved by Christ. God, use this meal to just be a symbol to us of all of your love and your compassion, of your grace and your forgiveness. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So I'll invite the leadership to come forward to the tables and to grab the elements here as well. Just a reminder, um, as you come to grab the elements, don't take it right away, but take it back to your seats. We're going to take it all together.